Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And now, live on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app, it's Gabe Ramirez. Happy Thursday, everybody. Glad you guys are here. Gabe Ramirez with you till 9 p.m. right here on 670 The Score as we continue to be live and local. We got some Bulls talk coming up later on in the show. We're even going to be talking to my Thai guy from the Chicago Cubs bleacher bums. He was stopping a fight. But what happened? How did the fight start? We'll talk about that in just a second. But let's go ahead and kick off the show with the trifecta. Curry, way downtown, bang, bang, oh, what a shot from Curry. Three, that's a magic number. Morrell going to third, he will slide, he's got a triple. Rose trying to get open, fires away. It's over, the Bulls win at the buzzer. magic number. So, my top three stories of the day may be different from yours, but the good thing is we get to hear about them together. So let's begin with number three. The number of the day is three. Aaron Donald and the Rams get into a big old fight with uh, the Bengals. First and foremost, I think to myself, why in the world would you schedule a joint practice between two teams that met in the big game? How dumb is that, right? Just foolish. Listen, if I were a member of the Cincinnati Bengals, I would be salivating waiting for this opportunity because... If you're a real athlete, not that I am, but I would assume they'd care more than I do, you would be still cringing at the thought of losing the big game, how close you were. You spent an entire season, and you finally got to that big space. But if you haven't seen the video, Aaron Donald at the very end ends up on the floor tumbling down with two Bengals helmets in his hands. It's kind of reminiscent of the Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph kind of a thing. But the video was taken from far away, and apparently – there were some other scrums that were taking place as a lead-up to that big one. But then both teams decided to cancel practices as, as a whole so that that way it wouldn't escalate any further. But if you're asking to yourself, oh, okay, well, is Aaron Donald or anyone else going to get suspended for the scrum? No. The NFL looks to the teams themselves to discipline players who engage in fisticuffs during joint practices or anything of the sort. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But damn, let me tell you something. I've seen videos of Aaron Donald. He's the last guy I'd want to get into it. Pads or no pads. Uh, That's a hard pass for me. All right, time for the next one. Finally, we come to my number two man. His name? Numero dos. Number two. Chet Holmgren. Out for the season. 
The number two pick in the NBA draft suffered a Liz Frank injury while playing in a Pro-Am game. Now, if you remember DeJounte Murray of the San Antonio, or no, excuse me, the Atlanta Hawks, formerly of Whoa, the... Whoa, I forgot he's on the Hawks yeah, too. formerly of the San Antonio Spurs. He tweeted out and he was like, all my NBA brothers that are out there, please do yourselves a favor and get out to a Pro-Am because there's a lot of kids that can't afford NBA tickets that would love to see you in person. And so LeBron did. Chet Holmgren did. You saw a ton of guys out there, actually, from the NBA. I mean, even Dalen Terry from the Bulls. You know, DeMar DeRozan's doing his thing. And this is the reason. Like, I mean, I mean, of course it's easy to point to this and say this is why NBA execs hate pro-ams because these potential injuries can happen. But with this one in particular, it's highlighted and magnified a bit more because if you remember Chet Holmgren, the skinny white dude from Gonzaga, that people were like, he shouldn't be the number one pick. He's too fragile. The guy looks like Sean Bradley, second coming of him, but just a little more skilled offensively. And then all the memes came out. You remember the memes, Sean? They're like, this is Chet trying to, you know, take on LeBron going to the hole. It was like a ton of memes like that. And then it actually happened. The, the, the sad part is there was minimal contact on this play. LeBron was just going to the cup. Mind you, it's like 47-year-old LeBron. It's not even prime LeBron. So LeBron, with his body comes in, you, he's going backwards, checking handle it, and then you get hurt. It's almost as if you, I, I genuinely feel bad for him because it, brutal, I, I wanted man. him to at least get to the league and at least play some games. But when it happens this way, it's going to be tough. Now, I did a little bit of research before we get to number one about NBA players who have had the list Frank injury because this is more common in the NFL not necessarily in the NBA. Udonis Haslam of the Miami Heat suffered the injury in November of 2010. Now, pay attention to the timeline. November of 2010, and he did not come back until May. So, essentially, the entire season, he came back for the playoff run that the Heat were in at the time. A couple of other players to do it didn't have actual, like, tears completely. It was just sprained, so they were able to come back a little bit sooner. So, Chet, though, out for the hole you dig. On Believable. You feel terribly bad for him. But at least OKC might be in the running for the number one pick. He was number one. Speaking of number one, my number one story today, Chicago Cubs, unfortunately, losing to the St. Louis Cardinals 8-3. Tough start for Marcus Stroman, who uh, Coach Ross said was the surefire ace of this team. He gave up three in the first inning, and then the Cubs cut the lead to one in the bottom of the third. But then all of a sudden, it became the Paul Goldsmith show. The pitch, ground ball, right field, base hit, past a diving wisdom over toward the right field line. Two runs are going to score. The throw comes in, and the Cardinals now lead 5-2. to two. The 1-1, drilled in the air, trouble, deep left field. This is going to be a long home run for Paul Goldsmith. It left the park in a hurry, his 32nd of the year. Goldschmidt drives one in the air, deep center. Back goes Velasquez to the wall. Long home run. Paul Goldschmidt belts his second of the day. He has driven in five, and the Cardinals break it open. It is now eight to two here in the. Even the Hall of Famer Pat Hughes is tired of saying Paul Goldschmidt's name. Single and two homers gave the Cardinals an eight to two lead. Cubs put one more up in the bottom of the eighth, but man, tough. Lose 8-3, dropping 3 out of 5 to the Cardinals. Cubs now head up north an hour and a half for a weekend series against the Brewers. That should be an interesting one. But 3 out of 5 to the Cardinals. You're the you're, They lost 3 out of 5 to the Cardinals. Sean is my resident Cub fan. Is that okay with you, or is that on par for you? With, for, for you? 
Honestly, like, I mean, the Cardinals should be kicking the crap out of the Cubs. So oh, the fact that they stayed in that, then that this conversation. It's Major like, League Baseball. No. I, but I mean, still, though, I mean, people, this are, team losing be mil- people are losing millions of dollars betting on the favorite in every sport. So don't tell me that. I, I, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. Uh, Bears fans. That's all right, though. All right, there was your trifecta right here on 670 The Score. And this is Gabe Ramirez. Again, we're live and local, man. Broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios. Brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. And, you know, speaking of the Cubs, I mentioned a second ago, we're going to have my guy on, my Thai guy, in just a second because there was a nice little bra on the bleachers. And I feel like these happen more often than not. It's like you're not necessarily – if you've been in the bleachers, they just kind of happen. But the, the, the reality is it's a pretty jovial place. When you're out in the bleachers, you're drinking, you're having a good time. And wh- whether winning or losing, I'm talking about the Cubs themselves, the fans seem to be okay. But then there comes those moments. And if you pay attention to this fight in particular, it was after the game. It wasn't even in the middle of the game. So you know guys were trashed. But if you watch the video uh, as it unfolds, it's, it, it was probably the softest fight I'd ever seen in my entire life. It's the softest fight I've ever seen in my entire life. And I, 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 you look at these guys and, you know, it's, over the, it's tough because the bleachers, you see the one dude just fall and, and, and tumble all the way to the bottom of the stands. And he didn't, like, nobody even hit him. He kind of just slipped and fell. It wasn't even anything like that. And I feel bad because you don't want nobody fighting. And then there's people watching. My favorite is when the, the, the girl, you see, excuse me, the woman, you see her trying to break up the fight. But then she, she's, like, almost escalating it, too, like getting people hyped up. And then you always hate to be the guy that's with that girl in that situation because you're like, listen, bro, I don't really want to fight, but this girl won't shut up. And it kind of made it worse. But you know what? We're going we're gonna to hear the accounts firsthand from my Thai guy. Is he, is he joining us on the Circuit Resort and Casino? Is that still work? Joining us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. My Thai guy, welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. How you doing tonight? You know, doing fantastic. So you're a staple out there in the bleachers of Wrigley Field. And so before we get into this particular fight that happened the other day, how how, how often, what percentage of the time are you seeing fights in the bleachers? Give me a percentage, a rough one. Uh, percentage? I mean, you got at least 30 40%. I mean, you, you, you don't see everyone because they're not always on camera. You see them in the bathroom. You, you see them in the concourse. You know what I'm saying? I get it, man. 30% is a lot. 30 40% is a ton. But... That's what I said. It happens out there. Okay, so what made you want to get involved in this particular fight that was happening in the bleachers of Wrigley Field? Well, I don't want to see anybody fighting. Wrigley Field is the friendly confines for a reason. You know what I'm saying? Like, we want to we wanna make sure everyone has a good time. Young, old, uh, from all walks of life, all, all different places. That, uh, that makes me feel good when people can come to a place called the friendly confines and they have a good time and fighting in a good time, especially in the bleachers. You don't want to go to the friendly confines and have it be the fighting confines. It's a lot different. Exactly. My agreed. Agreed. <laughs> so, so what happened in this particular instance? Were you sitting near them? Were you in the same row as them? Uh, I, you know, I'm a front row guy, and I kind of heard a little bit of commotion, and then I heard, um, I, I heard the, the the fist hit the face. That 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 skin on skin contact. You can kind of hear that, you know. And a buddy of mine said he heard that uh, a row and a half uh, down. So I don't see any security. I don't see any ushers over there. So I said, all right, well, I got I to gotta stop this before somebody else gets hurt or somebody that's not in the fight gets hurt. Yeah, and, and it's tough because you want you, you have the logical brain at that point, but you have to understand that the guys that are actually fighting in the bleachers are probably wasted out of their mind. 
Exactly, and, and and being a doubleheader too, I don't know if those guys came to both games or uh, they're just a night game. They could have been drinking all day at their house in Wrigleyville, and then they decided to go to the night game and turn into uh, turn into fisticuffs. You know. So how did it end, my Thai guy? What was the? How, how did it? Did you? I mean, because I saw security came in. I saw some people separate themselves. What what how, what did it end like after the video ended? Well, you know, you just want to break, you get get everybody, get everybody broken up. We don't want we don't want anybody to continue the fight. Uh, there's going to be cheering and, and people are going to be talking. Uh, so we kind of just de- de-escalate the situation as best we can. And, uh, you know, the security kind of takes it from there. They don't want to see me get hurt, so they were out there. A lot of the guys know me out there. I'm a season ticket holder for 13 years. So these guys don't want to see me get hurt either. So they're like, hey, man, thanks for helping us, but, you know, we got it from here. So what would your advice be? Let's let's say, because my type guy, I'm a big fan of solutions, not problems, right? So what would you say to the Chicago audience that's listening if they were to begin to get into a verbal altercation in the bleachers? Like, what would you say is your best advice to those people on how to de-escalate the situation? I mean, you know, think about it. It's not worth it. I, I told I told, uh, I told, told people the other day, I said, you guys, you can't go to the bar, the game if you're in handcuffs. You know, it's, it's not worth it over a spilled beer for 12 bucks. It's, it's not worth your time, your effort, or your energy, because there's so many more important things in the world that we got going on today than uh, a spilled beer snake. The problem is that's a logical statement, and no one's thinking logically in the ninth inning of a doubleheader. It's like... No, that's, that's, a, fair, that's a fair observation, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so it's tough. I mean, it's, it's tough, especially when you got a bunch of guys, you know, a bunch of bravado, got the machismo out there. But you know what? Sure. I'm, I'm extremely happy and proud of you for stepping in in that space and, and understanding that in the friendly confines, we don't want any fighting. Well, that's very nice. I really appreciate that. There's some very kind words. I take the heart. And, yeah, like, like I said, absolutely. It's, it's, it's just not worth it. You know, let's enjoy the game. Let's have fun. Have a few drinks. There's no need to fight. It's, it's, if you guys want to fight, take it outside, you know? My top guy, thanks for hanging out with me on the score. I appreciate you, brother. My pleasure. You guys have a great night. Thanks for having me on. We'll talk soon. Of course. We most definitely will talk soon because there will be more debauchery that's happening in the bleachers of Wrigley Field. And hopefully we can get firsthand accounts from my Thai guy when he does stuff like that. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's 670 to score. If you see him out there, buy him a beer. I know I will. I know I will. I'm, I'm, I have, I've had my hot head days in my life, you know what I'm saying, growing up in the city. And I used to go to – Cubs games all the time, going to lane tech. And, you know, you just, when you're 20-something, because that's how old the guys were, when you're 20-something, it just kind of, it happens like that. You have some bruise, you're with your guys, you're feeling good, feeling a little brave, and the other group is feeling brave too, and you exchange words, and you really don't want it to get to that point. It shouldn't get to that point. shouldn't be fighting there, right? There's too many people in the city of Chicago that say, I don't want to take my kids to the Cubs games because of the environment. And whether that's a bunch of people being trashed or fights, like he said, 30, 40% of the time, that's a crap ton. But you know what? We're there to have a good time. I'm glad that he was able to de-escalate, and I'm glad that everybody else was able to have fun and enjoy the Cubs game as they should. All right, so coming up on the other side, I had the opportunity to dissect some, some, some articles from, former, from guys that are formerly associated with the Chicago Bears who were just talking trash. I mean, just literally saying that the Bears have a worse offense than the 0-16 Lions. Who are these two Chicago Bear alumni, and why are they complete idiots? I'll tell you on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. It's Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Feel free to text in. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. 
Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 312-644-6767. During this next break, I got crap last time from a texter said I don't read the text messages enough. Well, text your ad. Pull out your damn phone then. <laughs> Shoot a text or two. I'm going to be talking some Bears football, not only with Cam Ellis at 740, or probably about, yeah, like 740, but right now, because I, I don't know about you guys, but I take it personal, like Michael Jordan, when other people talk trash about my team, my beloved Chicago Bears. Because I'm not, I'm not the fan that's like, yeah, these guys suck and they didn't do enough. No, I'm the fan that's like, we have what we have. It's the NFL. It's a professional sports league. You can't win the big game every single year. So you just have to, you know, ride the roller coaster. And unfortunately, we're at like a lull in the roller coaster. And it is what it is. But to have guys like Jordan Palmer and Mike Martz trash your team in the way that they have, it just doesn't sit well with me. And I get what they're saying. But, and I get that you got, you're going to be asked. But it's how they go about it. Jordan Palmer, former Chicago Bears quarterback, said in a recent interview with Heavy, he says, I'm not optimistic about how this year is going to go for Justin Fields. Well, there's a hot take if you ever heard one. So is the whole damn world right now because no one knows what what to expect. But he said it's largely because of the personnel the Bears have put around him. 
What did you want them to do? I think that's my biggest argument when I talk to people. What did you want them to do? Did, did you think they were going to miraculously pull like two starting wide receivers out of nowhere and somehow come up with five starting offensive linemen that are different from the guys that they had? And then like, like what did you think the Bears were going to do? What, what were your expectations? So when you say things like, I'm not optimistic about how this year is going to go for Justin Fields, you sound like a tool. Come with some solutions. Don't crap on the, on the new GM who had four months or whatever it was to put together the squad. This is the NFL. This isn't, this isn't pickup basketball where you can walk in and be like, damn, I lost four games in a row. Let me get a new squad. It doesn't work like that. You have to go through a transition phase. So when you talk about optimism, what are you talk like? What are you talking about? His stats, like what, when you're talking about Justin Fields specifically, and you're saying you are not optimistic about how this year is going to go for him, what are you talking about? Do, are you saying you're going to see no growth from Justin Fields? He says about playing in Chicago, the expectations are so high. Yes, they are. The pressure is very real. You felt the pressure. And I'm just shocked at all the things the Bears didn't do to support their young quarterback. Here's the question. If let's say they did go get a number one receiver. It, first of all, he wouldn't have there was no like who were you gonna go get? Juju Smith Schuster? Like who like what number one receiver are you gonna go get that was gonna make some huge difference in the life of Justin Fields? What what offensive line? So if you went and got one number one wide receiver or drafted one, like a lot of you people would say, and then they, you know, got an offensive. What then? You would be all optimistic about Justin Fields? Oh, no, it'd be exactly the same. You'd be wondering what Justin Fields, what product is Justin Fields going to put on field every single week? That's what you'd be doing the same exact thing. An anonymous NFC executive also spoke to the heavy and said, "It's a bad offensive line. There's no getting around that. It's going to be a really long year for Justin, but I still like him though." When they put enough help around him, he's someone you can win with for a while. See, that is the statement I was looking for. Tell me you don't like what they did at, at the offensive line position and, and, and the wide receiver group, but that you still think highly of him. I'm still optimistic about Justin Fields himself. I don't know. It just didn't, just didn't sit well with me. Just didn't sit well with me. And it, and it could be because I'm the homer. could be because I'm the homer that's here saying to myself, you don't know what you're talking about. Because some Bears players say that they're going to surprise you. And I know that's what they're supposed to say. But I've said it a ton. The Bears are going to win some games that they shouldn't. And the Bears are going to lose some games that they shouldn't. That's what you should expect from this Chicago Bears team. And it's just a matter of how many times they're going to end up on the winning side of the column at the end of the, of the final whistle. It's going to be interesting to see. But it's not just Jordan Palmer that's sitting there trashing the Chicago Bears. It's also not only ex-NFL coach, but ex-Chicago Bear offensive coordinator, Mike Martz. Now, to be fair, I had Matt Forte on my show last week or the week before, and he spoke extremely highly of Mike Martz. Said it was the best offensive coordinator he had, but that he didn't come back because he just didn't want to be in, in, uh, associated with football anymore. So I, I'm, I'm allowing credibility there. But I do got to throw in the fact that you got rid of Greg Olson, Mr. Mike Martz, Mr. G Offensive Genius. Didn't fit my scheme. But he had a ton to say about, about, uh, about 
Justin Fields as well. Essentially mirroring what Jordan Palmer said. It's going to be a rough career for Fields there. I've seen a lot of really good players go to bad teams, and then their career just never takes off. And I think that's what will happen with Fields. Ouch. Ouch. That's tough, man. That hurts. For him to say that he's not a quick read and react guy, he's on a horrendous team, but I don't know if I've seen an offense that bad in talent since the 0-16 Detroit Lions. They just don't have anybody there. It's a bad football team right now. You know what could fix a bad football team? Good coaching. You know what could fix a bad football team? A good environment. One where people can see the light at the end of the tunnel or the progression or the growth that the team can make. You can't tell me that professional football players, these guys are gladiators, modern-day gladiators. You cannot tell me that with this, first of all, Sean, okay, you know what? There you go. That's my first question I have for you to throw in on the, on the text, text messages. 312-644-6767. Do you think the Bears are going to go 0-16? It's foolish. No. I, I don't even want you to text that in. That's foolish. How dare you say the Bears have a, a, an offense or a team as bad as that one? That's blasphemous. Why would you even like? Why would you even go that hard? Say they got a bad team. Say the Bears are bad. Fine, everybody can agree with that. But to say like you haven't seen an offense that bad in talent since the 016, like what? Cole Komet is trash. Do I sound too much like a homer when I say stuff like that? No, man. These, I, are, I, these I, are players teams would want. That slipped out of my mouth. Cole Komet is trash. And I was like, but is he? I, I thought about it. You're telling me David Montgomery is trash? That's foolish. That's foolish. You're telling me Darnell Mooney, 1,000-yard receiver, trash? False. That's not right. So for me, those you're talking about three. And then, then you're saying Justin Fields is trash. So with those four alone, you cannot tell me that that's not I'm not saying it's top-tier NFL offense. They're still building it. But when you're talking about who is the core for that group, that sounds like a an, all right. I'm not saying good. I'm not saying great. But it don't sound like the, an 0-16 Lions team. We saw that team. We saw how bad they were. Justin Fields is better than Jared Goff. Facts. Facts. And when you're talking about, I, I don't know, I just... Uh, didn't that Lions team have, like, John Kitna and Joey Harrington as their quarterbacks, yeah, too? it was bad. It was a bad team. So the fact that you say that – and it's hard as a Bears fan to try to defend your team when they are presumably that bad. But I can't emphasize it enough. The Bears won six games last year with the supposed – Horrible coach and terrible offensive line and defense that was aging, didn't have Khalil Mack. And you're telling me that somehow, some way, we have a worse team than that? No. No. And, dude, this is all just built to bulletin board stuff at this point, right? Like, this has got to be fueling this Bears team, this underdog mentality. Of course. And that's why they're going to win some games, some games that they shouldn't. That was key. Some some games. Some games. They're going to surprise some people. The defense is going to surprise you some games and create some turnovers. Justin Fields is going to have, or the offense, I should say, is going to do well with ball control. That's how they're going to win these games. Time of possession. Run the ball. And it's not, last year we, we, we begged for them to run the ball. 
We begged for them to get Justin Fields out of the pocket. These were things we were begging for. And now Luke Getze and Matt Eberflus are saying, we will run the ball. We will work out of the play action. We will create a game plan for Justin Fields that will suit his best skill set. I don't know. That doesn't. That seems like good coaching matched with a team that they understand doesn't have the. Granted, you don't have a DeAndre Hopkins. Not every team in the NFL does. You don't have Travis Kelsey. Not every team in the NFL does. And I get it. It's a bunch of mediocre wide receivers. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you know, that's what people say, guys. Not, not me. Eric quotes, mediocre. But fine, at least they're not all trash. Listen, I've watched this Bears team when they've had injuries and they've brought in guys that you were like, who? Who cares about these guys? At least now I can, I've seen the fifth guy on the depth chart play before. It's frustrating. It's frustrating to see analysts trash your team consistently because I feel like they – I'm not saying we're going – I'm not saying that the Bears are going to the playoffs. I'm not saying the Bears are going to win 10, 11 games. What I'm saying is that the Bears are not as bad as people are making them out to be. How many of those people have been to a Bears practice too? You know, that's the other thing. Sure. It, it's just like, you know, I get it. The Bears have been bad. They've had poor management. Their coaching's been brutal. But, like – this is a new coaching staff from a lot of guys that are well-regarded around the league. Like, yeah. go watch them practice. All the beat writers, everyone that's come in, like Nate Tice from The Athletic came in last week and saw the practice and immediately was like, this is a revelation compared to what we saw from Matt Nagy. Unreal. Then March says he emphasized and said that Fields, if he were to land in a better situation than Chicago, perhaps like the Niners, he'd be better off. Bruh, slap in the face. Slap in the face. Yo, but Justin Fields and that Niners offense would be pretty fun. Shh, 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 shh. I'm just saying, man. Just saying. You're going to see what Fields would have done in, in the form of Trey Lance, the bum. I'm upset, man. I'm really upset just because, first of all, the, cut this clip and play it my first show after the week one. The Bears are going to beat the Niners. Let's be very clear. The Bears are going to beat the Niners. It is Justin Fields' coming out game. Everyone's healthy. People are trying to play like above and beyond what they're capable of in order to prove everyone else in the naysayers wrong. And you're not going to tell me that a Trey Lance-led offense by the San Francisco 49ers is going to beat this Bears team. The Bears are who we thought they were. As are the 49ers with Trey Lance under center. We're going to see turnovers. We're going to see points off turn. Bears 1-0. Mark it. Lock it. It's going to happen. Take that clip. Play it after week one when I'm on the air. You got it. Then they go on to face the Packers. Fine. Whatever. But there's some winnable games in that in, in that schedule. Corey Wooten, former Chicago Bears, said nine wins for the Chicago for, for, <laughs> No, That's crazy. I think he said 10. Did he say 10? <laughs> yeah. I tried to give him like a little bit, you know what I'm saying? I see. He's your boy. He's your boy. He's my boy. I'm trying to make him look good. I don't know, guys. I just, it's frustrating. Are you, as, are you equally as frustrated as I am when you hear this stuff? Two people in the car was like, no, because I agree with Mike Martz. I know. 708 says, if the offense can just be decent, we'll be close to 500. Yes. Yes. Listen, the defense is better. 
It's better. Roquan Smith is still there. Jalen Johnson is still dominating. Eddie Jackson is going to be better. It's his contract season. He's going to be better. Jaquan Brisker, if he gets back, we've seen how much of a dog he can be. Kyler, like, better. Robert Quinn wants to be here. Better. Travis Gibson is a dog. Come on. If the offense can just be decent, we'll be close to 500. I love that. 815 says, those are ignorant hater hot takes. Yes. It's so easy. It's so easy to pick on the Chicago Bear franchise after the debacle that was Matt Nagy and say, they're in purgatory right now. And they're just not a good team. It's easy to say that. 708. uh, Another 708 says, the defense will be good enough to keep us in games. That's my hope. Close enough. Close enough. Wilson, seven noises. Are you taking calls, Gabe? Yes, call. I don't care. Call. I would love to hear what you have to say. 309, Mike Martz is a dinosaur. A little T-Rex with a little baby arms. Yes. So, so upset. 1585, Getsy will be the most underrated pickup by this team. Sucks he's not going to get a head coaching job, but he's going to make fields take off. Yes, I love Thank you. Thank you. Gabe, it ain't because you're a homer. They got in front of a mic and talked smack. I hadn't heard a thing out of Mike Martz in how long? Yes. Thank you. Okay. All right. You guys made me feel better. I love, you know what I love about the night, the night crew? You guys that listen at night, you guys are just as much as fanatics as I am. So when I talk like this, you guys feel me. It burns through the radio, and you guys are hearing it. And I hope that you guys are having these same arguments with your friends that are Chicago Bears naysayers so that that way we all can laugh in their face when the Bears have seven victories. <laughs> seven victories. All right. We do need a better, a better look and a better, a better observation than, than what I can do because my heart only pounds for one thing and one thing only, and that is Bears greatness. But that's why we have experts on the show so that that way they can put me back in my place. Will that defense be better? Are they as bad as the 0-16 Lions? We get the opportunity to ask that question to none other than Cam Ellis. He'll be joining us right on the other side of this. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. It's Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. He, he did a good job in the, in the game. He, he played a solid game. You think about that for a second. You know, coming in there for a couple days and then starting in there and then, you know, and playing, uh, we were impressed. Uh, he did a nice job. He did a nice job. Now he's got to continue to grow at the position. And uh, he's has, like everybody else on the team, he's got a lot to work on. Um, but he had a good first outing in there. Coach Flew's talking about Tevin Jenkins right there, going up against the Seattle Seahawks. It's going to be interesting. I mean, I love the fact that they've mentioned since the beginning of training camp that they're looking for the best five guys. And it is up to them as a coaching staff to formulate that and put that together. And if that means plucking from other areas, then so be it. I think as a commoner, I don't understand the difficulties of moving from one side of the offensive line to the other. Or I mean, I mean, obviously you're covering somebody's blind side, but positioning of the feet and all that kind of stuff. I mean, we, for me, I'm like, bro, block the guy. Block the guy from getting to Justin Fields. But you know what? That's why we have experts on. And joining us right now on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, is none other than Cam Ellis. Cam, what's up, man? Good evening. 
Good evening. Hey, how are you doing? Doing good. So, in, in your mind, from what you've seen, is Tevin Jenkins one of the best five offensive linemen the Chicago Bears have? Uh, yeah, I think right now he certainly has sort of rounded into the part, I think. Um, I'm not sure if that's more of an indictment on the Bears offensive line than it is an endorsement of how Jenkins has played, so to speak. <laughs> okay. um, but I do think he, like, there's plenty of credit to be given out to, you know, the coaches for finding this fit and also for Jenkins to, uh, y- you know, make the necessary adjustments and, and look like someone who is a starting right guard. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because for me as a fan, Cam, I, I think, okay, this is great. A coaching staff that actually made a move and it's working out and you're getting the best out of a player. I mean, it, it, seem, it, it seems odd and far-fetched for, for a, a Chicago Bear team or Bear coaching staff to be able to do something like that, but it, it speaks volumes to, to, what, to, to the staff and, and what direction they're headed in. Yeah, I think that this would probably be a little more of a um, universally uh, a celebrated move if, you know, Jenkins hadn't already tried left tackle and right tackle and, you know, it didn't have the mysterious <laughs> absence from camp. That, like, it, he has had to work from a, a, a – he has had to climb up to get back to the normal bar, if that makes sense. So I think it's a great coaching decision if it works out. It looks like it might work out. You know, the Bears don't have a lot else going for them. And if, if they can get someone who – you know, you, you listen to the post-practice interviews and they all talk about, you know, how big and strong and ferocious of, a, of offensive lineman Jenkins is. And so the Bears don't have a lot of that right now. And if they, if they can get one of their, you know, highly touted, high-profile guys who three weeks ago was, you know, being traded to the Seahawks for a seventh-round pick, if they can get him to be a, a quality right guard, like that's that's a total win across the board, I think. I agree. I agree. I mean, you know, we've – We've watched the tape on him. I mean, not necessarily as a Chicago Bear, but from college, and we saw the 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 power. We saw the the grit that he had and showcased. And so it'd be good to to get some of that on the field for the Chicago Bears. It'd be interesting to see that. We're talking to Cam Ellis right here on six seventy the score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. And speaking of the coaches and their ability to get the best out of particular players, linebacker coach David Bergonzi was has been playing some film from Brian Erlacher and Lance Briggs on that four three defense. You think that's a good a good idea bringing up old tape, you know, or sh- or do you feel like they should have just found some other way to motivate the guys? Uh, yes and no. I, it, it works because it's Erlocker and Briggs in that they're so objectively good that, you know, any linebacker can learn from that specifically. You know, I, I think it's fair game to sort of roll your eyes at the, the famous bears of, of teams past routine, because it seems like every coach comes in here and puts in a new attitude and it ends up just being worshiping old bears players. Uh, but it, yes, like all, Objectively, it works because they were both Hall of Fame caliber players, and I think people can learn from that. But I, I'm not going to stop anyone from rolling their eyes because it is sort of the same old, same old Bears <laughs> routine, if that makes sense. It is. It is. You feel like, or it's just like coach speak, right? You pull from somewhere yeah. and you expect it somehow to miraculous. You know, he brought in Peanut Tillman again mm-hmm. to show you how to do the peanut punch again. It's like it's going to it's going to dry up eventually but you're right i mean objectively they are just monsters and and you you want those guys to be able to see stuff like that so they can draw from it but let's talk about that linebacking group specifically cam what what are your expectations from them we know we know Roquan's going to be there we know he's going to be playing well but you got some other guys that maybe might be not necessarily certain what they're going to be able to give to this team what well, what's your take and expectations for that linebacking group 
Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, a, a a tough spot for the defense to be in at first. I'll put it that way. You know, I think there's a lot of excitement with some of the secondary guys. You know, if Brisker can get healthy again, if Eddie Jackson can bounce back, people like how Kyler Gordon. Like, there's there's a lot of hype there, and I think that sort of exists in a way on the edge too. But with linebackers, it's sort of Rokon and then a bunch of other guys. So I think that. It, the middle of the Bears defense might struggle this year. And I think that if Roquan gets hurt for whatever reason, the Bears are, you know, like they're in a real world of hurt. But it is, it's, I think it's to me at least, it's sort of the unknown aspect of the Bears defense just because, you know, you can talk about Jack Sanborn all you want, but preseason, preseason games only go so far. Um, and I know they will, um, but I, they, that only goes so far. So right now, I think it's probably going to be the weakness of the defense. But you know, some of these guys that Ryan Poles has identified seem to be legitimate, you know, NFL caliber players. So it wouldn't surprise me if they end up somewhere in the middle of the pack because of, because I think they could overachieve, but I don't expect them to be. Uh, I don't expect the ceiling to be as high as it is for the secondary or the edge rushers. I hear what you're saying, Cam, because if Jack Sanborn is playing middle linebacker for the Chicago Bears middle of the season, you got some issues there, right? Yeah, but, yeah. But 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 there are guys out there that you know you do want you do expect some things from Wiley veterans that you feel like can contribute. One of them that I feel like many people haven't been talking a lot about, and I'm, I'm curious to hear what your take on him specifically is is Joe Thomas. What have you seen from him? What have you heard about him? I mean, obviously he's a new guy to the Bears. So what can you tell fans about Mr. Thomas? Yeah, you know, just sort of that. Um, he's I think he's just one of those guys that they're taking a dice roll on, you know, I think it'll be a, he's flashed some. Um, I think that he's a great example of where Pole stands as a talent evaluator, because there seems to be this group of, you know, four to six guys that, that people are sort of surprised about. And, you know, everyone has good camps, you know, these names always come up, but, but it seems like there's a, a healthy optimism for the, for the, for the type of talent that Poles has been able to bring in under the radar. And I think Joe Thomas is a good example of that. Yeah, I think he's going to be great. I mean, I mean, again, I think you're talking about solid guys, right? Not yeah. backup linebackers that you're hoping to do well. You're like, okay, these guys have, have been in the NFL. They've played tons of games, and they know what to do in certain situations. So you're trying to build a defense full of younger guys, some 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 established veterans, and then some NFL caliber um, um, defensive guys. So, so I, I think that's what the Bears are hoping to get and, and and to have a foundation that they could build on. But, you know, when you're looking at the other side of the ball, Cam, you, you know, I, it just seems like everyone's just so down on this Bears team from, from an offensive standpoint. And we can see why. We know why. But 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 what do you – I mean, are you just going to tell me it's because of the offensive line or are you going to tell me it's because of everything, including Justin Fields? Yeah, I think it is. You know, I – the, the games have not looked good for the offensive line right now. So I think if you want to go off of the two preseason games they played, you go, oh, man, like it's going to be tough. I, I think it's just sort of a depth thing. You know, there's – and it, that's even before. I mean, the, 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 all the injuries that have come up in the last week and a half or so. I mean, the, the, there was probably a dozen guys that were, quote-unquote, expected to be, you know, starting caliber Bears players that are, that are sitting out right now. I think it's just a depth thing, you know. When you need – Equiminia St. Brown to produce when you need Byron Pringle to produce like that, that doesn't bode super well for how good an offense is going to be. Um, and I, maybe there was a world where Justin Fields, you know, 
brings everyone's talent level up because that's what transcendent quarterbacks do. But I think it just – the depth falls off a cliff real quick. And so if guys are going to get injured, it's going to go from bad to ugly, I think. And I, and I think that is sort of the danger of the Bears' offense is that so quickly, if one or two people go out, they're going to be – a really, really, really bad offense as opposed to just a bad offense. (laughs) That's brutal. But it's so real, though, right? Cam is like, they're already bad, and if they lose, just if there's any crack in that offense whatsoever, it's going to be real ugly. Yeah, they they better hope Justin Fields just takes you know the leap of all leaps because I do think like if if Darnell Mooney has to miss some games and then Cole Komet's the only guy that yeah. can really be relied upon to run the offense like that, that's not going to cut it. I don't imagine very often. So you're basically telling me 17 screens a game with, with the offensive <laughs> yeah. line we have and then the wide receiver wide receiving group that we have. Let me ask you this before I, before I get you out of here. Do you, so you have or no no? Let me phrase the question differently. How how confident are you in the Bears versus the Niners in week one? I think I'm vaguely more confident than I would be down the stretch because I think there's always some hype to opening, you know, opening day, the first week one of the NFL season. Like it's there, there's a certain level of adrenaline that I think coming out and showing off the new offense and all the new weapons and, and, and a new Justin Fields, et cetera, et cetera. And in front of Soldier Field, I think that gives them a little bit more pep in this step. And so I, I would almost feel more confident that they could pull off a, a you know, a traditional upset. I think it's like three and a half points or whatever. But I think I like the Bears more in week one than I would in like week eight or nine, if that makes sense. Just because I, because I think they're capable of coming out and playing above their skill level, I just wonder how long that can be sustained over a five or six month stretch. If that makes sense. Listen, I just need to win one game. I just need to. I, I yeah. just, if I'm betting my house, I just need to win that game so that that way I could live comfortably for the rest of my life. But if they lose, Cam, I'm gonna hit you up so I can sleep on your couch. Cam, <laughs> yeah, thanks, yeah, so, thanks, so, thanks so much for hanging out with me tonight, man. I appreciate the insight. Of course. Have a good one. I'll talk to you later. Cam Ellis from right here on 670 Discord joining us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline. Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. I got a couple guys on, on, on hold right now. I got Mr. Wilson. I got Jose out in Aurora, one of our regulars. And, and I would love for you guys to call up all my Bears fans that are just on the road to either agree with me wholeheartedly and Cam Ellis and that the Bears are going to win week one and that we do feel like they're better than what the majority of the nation is you know claiming the bears to be but i would also love to hear from someone that's a naysayer i have zero problem with confrontation uh, it might not end up well but i got zero problem with it now but i would love to hear because I, I i i like to hear the perspective of the other side so i can then keep a, an even keeled mind going into the season 312 644 6767 Jose Wilson will get to you, and we'll get to your calls as well. 312-644-6767. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.